It's the 10 to 1 podcast with your host, Brad Ullman, featuring Ben Conowitz and Nate Laux. And here's the podcast. Yeah, buddy. Happy Mother's Day to you guys. We're here. Happy Brother's Day to you guys. Aww. Aww. Happy yeah. mother from another brother. No, brother from another mother. Nope. Mutter? Jeez. Um, no. Let's restart. You, you are guys old. Do any, did you guys do anything for Mother's Day? I was in I Las fucking Vegas. celebrated my mom, bro. I was hey. in... I was hey. In, hey, hey, the F word already. Oh, hey, sorry. That's a little early. That's a little early in the episode. Uh, I was in Las Vegas without my parents. What did you do, Brad? Celebrated my mom. <laughs> you know what I did? Because I love her. What'd you do? I went to the cemetery to see her grave. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. Oh what a God. setup for sympathy. I forgot. Jeez. Yeah, here's how good of a friend is. I'm like, what did you do for Mother's Day, Nate? <laughs> Forgetting that your mother has passed on. Oh, oh. I, was, I was really love that. That's okay. It's a weird That's what I'm going to do for Father's Day. It's, so a, weird, <laughs> it's a weird form of comedy where you get to make other people feel bad for having yeah. dead parents. Wait, what happened you to your know? dad? Uh, he just turned into ash. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, so, hey guys, both of my parents are still alive, so I'm feeling pretty good. I don't yeah, have to, I don't have to go to the thing is, both of your parents are still alive, and you were in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm I, I'm taking them for granted. <laughs> I don't have to, uh, going to, to visit m- the cemetery to see my dad, though. He He's in our house every day. <laughs> I mean that That's because not a joke. No, it's he's not. He's cremated. He's in a he's in a box and he's yep. on our mantle. Yep. There, there's been no uh, plans to do anything yet. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, he didn't have anything like that. Like you know, and like uh, <laughs> we. There, there might be like something on my mom wants to do at some point. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll end it with this uh, because I, I own a seamless gutter company that I took over from my dad. You're he, gonna sprinkle your dad's ashes in gutters? I'm not joking. He said that I, when I die, I would like to be cremated, and I want you to pour me in a gutter and let me go down the downspout one more time. <laughs> And I'm like, that's something I can do. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, guys, Benedict Cumberbatch is a talented actor. Yes. And I want to put that out there True. to think if you agree. True. That's, eh. that's all I got. What? That's no, all I'm I got. Kidding. He's great. <laughs> he's brilliant. He's, he's, he's great. So good. Yeah. And I've got the, the, the weirdest man crush on Benedict Cumberbatch. And I don't think he's that great looking. He's just so charismatic. He he's is. just so charismatic. We'll talk about the host. I will say I really enjoyed him and this episode. Yes. Overall. Agreed. It was yes. Agreed. great. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. One of the best. Not, of not, not no notes, but like great. One of the best. Seasons. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, for Hold sure. On. This is a fun one. Yes. Yes. Good. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for listening to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, well, this is really everyone. good, everyone. <laughs> uh, guys, let's get into it. Let's just get in the meat and potatoes. Let's do it. Nate. Talk to me about Cold Open. All right, Cold Open, uh, written by Colin Jost. After Justice Samuel Alito leaked draft opinions to overturn Roe vs. Wade, a flashback to the 13th century England shows the exact moment three men, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, Andrew Dismukes, and James Austin Johnson, vote to outlaw abortion. So I did way too much background on this sketch because I wanted to note is this like, you know, because sometimes SNL will pull in something from real history and try to parody, right? I mean, it's what they do really well. And a lot of this stuff is real. Yeah. Um, I assumed as much that yeah. they, they, they put out the ridiculousness of the, history and when these decisions were made. What was it? The the chilled? The, how do you say? How did they say child? Childe. The childe. Yeah. So when they, when they cut to the, you know, uh, 
cloth that, that was written yeah. on or whatever, and they started highlighting it. That's when I knew it was real. Yeah, absolutely. They're not good enough to make shit up. That that that, that and, that's and crazy. That, let know? me also say this because I, I I should probably preface it with this. I was hoping for another Fox News sketch. Said no one ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was so beyond. If you're happy. going to do something topical, yes. based on headlines like doing it like this, this was is, fun. Yep. Yeah, it was so much. I I did not dislike it at all. Uh, it was clever. It I was. I wish they would have cut the freaking Johnny Depp Amber Heard joke. Yeah, I agree had, with that. It was so shoehorned in. Leave that for weekend yeah, update. Yeah, and, and I think they could have been a little bit shorter. Sure, again, but uh, again, I, I will take this every single time. This and the host being in the cold open. I love that. Yeah, and, and I, again for our listeners, uh, it, uh, Alito, Justice Alito, did quote these texts from yeah. 1200s as like know. justification for why we're doing exactly. this. But it's this is better because right it's not just a straight up this is exactly what they said isn't that crazy this is a take on it yeah. that is different and that's what SNL is great at I don't like when they just parrot the weird stuff that the normal people say because yeah it is we're living in the worst timeline people are saying really weird stuff and just repeating it verbatim isn't good enough anymore yeah. this is how to do that the right way it was a great what, what do you think about this so um, I thought Chris Red had a great line there, right? Where he's like, uh, I was hoping, for, or sorry, you ever get the feeling that this isn't going to be your century, right? He says this <laughs> line, great laugh, great line. I thought they could have ended it there and it'd been fine. Now, that didn't give Kate McKinnon her time, but I thought even though Kate was good, it could have done well without it. Like, I thought it would have been fine without her in the sketch. I still liked what she brought to it, though. Yeah, I, it I was, guess. It was, an, it was a, a continuation of the same level of content, so I liked it, It but it didn't elevate and get better. That's what I'm saying. It didn't, it, it didn't make it any—it felt like, let's give Kate—because Kate obviously wants to talk about this, too, or be a part of this kind of, you know, parody and these kind of things as well, and so let's give her her time. Yeah. And it was fine, you know, and obviously, so uh, the guy that they're, 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 they're talking about that— uh, Samuel Alito quoted actually did favor burning people he thought were witches, right? So that whole part of it is actually a real thing. Yeah. But um, it, it, I, I thought it was a good cold opening. I thought it was really well done. It was. All right, up next, the monologue written by Mike DeCenzo and Jake Nordwin, second time host Benedict Cumberbatch, takes a moment to wish his mother and his wife a happy Mother's Day. Uh, uh, again, I find him so compelling. I will say this he did fine in the, the, the monologue. Um, but it was such a strong episode that there was nothing really in the monologue that really stood out to me. Yeah. You know, in, in hindsight. So it was a little, not, I'm not going to say off putting, but it was just like, it, I feel like the monologue really didn't know what it wanted to be. It wasn't Sudeikis level saccharine and like over the top, but at the same time, it wasn't super comical and, and jaunty or silly. Yeah. He was trying to, they were trying to have him go really back and forth, taking kind of wild swings from sentimental to funny. Yeah. And it just, for me, it didn't really work as well as it probably could have. Yeah. Of course, I love the idea that you're going to say, you know, hello to your, your mom and, and your wife. And that, that's yeah. great. But yeah, nothing really memorable. I did about, like about the line that uh, he's like, um, uh, I didn't win. I was beat by Will Smith. Such a good line. Yeah. Because, again, it was just a great way to. And he to, definitely had that little delivery with a little wink and a nod. Yeah, like he yeah, was exactly. having fun yeah, delivering exactly. that line. Fun line. But yeah, it was just okay. I mean, nothing, nothing great about it. Yep. Uh, first uh, was a Mother's Day gifts. Uh, this is kind of actually a recurring sketch. They did it in 2021 in February. Um, Eighty also played Trish, but it was her birthday. Yeah. So a family, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mikey Day, Chloe Feynman, Andrew Dismukes, surprises their mom, played by Eddie Bryant, with some special Mother's Day gifts. This was written by Colin Jost, Ben Silva, Ken Sublet, and Celestium. Um, I, I 
the props team gets a gold star for this sketch because this actually made me laugh quite a bit. So the signs are funny. Uh, it, it's it wasn't as good as the first time they did it. No. Yeah, this one I think is just this was mildly amusing for yeah, me. That, like that, that, I wasn't laughing yeah. out loud the whole way, but like it was, it was fu- it was fine. Like it wasn't bad. It was just like a a mid tier sketch, a- and like AD gets to play though the perfect like kind of um like a midwestern mom, right? Yeah. Like a polite, not knowing what to do, but still incredulous enough about it yeah, to be like, what? Like, do you guys think that I'm this person? Yeah, like and so like anytime you see her kind of. That, that's her. That's her game, right? That she does so well in that it doesn't go badly because she can do it so well. Sure, I I don't know that. I, I mean, in my head, I'm going. These are these are a hundred percent the some of the best television comedy writers of ever. You know, right now on this show, and and this is these are the jokes on the signs. Like I I, I really thought I would get more. I, I was you, expecting more out of those those signs. I just I like parodying this idea. You know, you go to Hobby Lobby, you go to anywhere, and you you know you go to Dollar General now, and these signs, these wood signs that you know started like five ten years ago on Etsy are everywhere. And I love I do love it when the 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 drop downs. Yep. That's a fun. Yep. Yeah. You know, no, sight gag keeps going. Keeps going. Yep. That's fun. But I, I really did expect a little bit more out of the out of it. Yeah, just fine. It was fine. All right, next, Blue Bunny, written by Will Steven. A focus group for Blue Bunny ice cream goes off the rails. Oh, man. Um, I want a nap in your hurt. <laughs> uh, Benedict Cumberbatch playing his best Sam Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what that was. What did you think of that, Brad? Yeah, no, this was uh, really funny. It was like... Has it had a similar feel to the Close Encounters sketches with with Kate McKinnon? That's exactly what I wrote down. Uh, but but a little bit uh, darker and sullen. And yeah, I do wonder if this was Benedict Cumberbatch's way of kind of like not really getting back at Sam Elliott, but kind of like just having fun. Since Sam Elliott had some like choice words to say about yep. Power of the Dog. So you um, think that was intentional? Maybe. I feel like it. Like it's. It it's seems like it steers too close to Sam Elliott. Like it is. Candy, right? That, it's a Sam Elliott impersonation. Like like it the, the mustache and the hair. Yeah, he's, yeah. He has even you know. Yeah. So I, I feel like probably. I think. I mean. I hope this is what happened. Right. They were gonna make it this sketch no matter what, and they go, well, we've got to put you in hair and makeup for this. And one of the writers goes, you know, what would be kind of funny. Yeah. And can can you do a Sam Elliott like that kind of thing? I really hope that that's how that came to be because that's. Incredibly spot on. How horned up were you at distraught uh, Heidi Gardner? Little, little, <laughs> for little our, for our people that aren't regular listeners, they don't know that Ben Conowitz has a, a, a pretty massive crush. I have a crush. Listen, I've got a schoolboy crush. Okay, she was Just she an was innocent schoolboy. Listen, crush. she she was great here, and then also you know uh, we'll get into it. But the warden's wife, oh, hello, <laughs> like that was fine. <laughs> I, I want her to to, uh, to to walk by in a sundress. Okay, oh boy, That's fine. you know, leave me alone. Oh boy, but no, honestly, uh, this was this sketch was. great. Great, like great. I really enjoyed this. I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I don't know if I'd say it was great, but I thought it was very strong. I thought it was a really good sketch. The back and forth, of course, between there wasn't a lot Keenan of Keenan got a little bit of Keenan in it. Sure, and that was fun. There wasn't. A, there probably wasn't enough from the other four characters that were in the sketch. Yeah, this is definitely a, a two par, a two person uh, back and forth, and maybe I, I could have done. A, they could have done something else, you know, to to maybe either highlight those two better or make it because the other two weren't. Not not straight man enough, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There was something missing. The only but thing that took me out. Gosh darn, was it funny. The only thing that took me out was that I felt like it was a little too close to the Kate McKinnon getting abducted by alien sketches. Um, I felt like Heidi was playing a little close to that. Um, 
it wasn't, but I just I kept on feeling that. Like I felt the tension of it becoming that sketch. Um, but there's a different tone. There, there was. There was it, a you know? difference, and I, I again I thought it was a very good sketch. Um, but there I, was. I a did like. I, I enjoyed the re- the repetition. I actually enjoyed the repetition of, you know, this is that. This tastes yeah. like that. Yep. Like that was a great yep. decision here to to yep. have them end with that every time. I really enjoyed the sketch. All right, next was pre-tape, Just Like You, uh, a mother, father, and grandmother, played by Cecily Strong, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Kate McKinnon, have flashbacks as re- reckless teens while drive- trying to discipline their child, played by Coloy Feynman. Um, as a dad, uh, I love this because I have caught myself doing this with my kids, essentially saying, you know, don't do these things, even though... I've done all these them, things, right? Like, um, and so, so the, the the homage to that, like, and I think every parent does, right? You you want your kids to not make the same mistakes as you did, right? And you don't you want them, even though you know that your mistakes that you made were important to kind of crafting and and, and getting you to where you were, and you also know that the mistakes you made and the things you did that you don't want to tell your parents about weren't all that sure you know but i I love the tension of this i think cecily was brilliant in this Um, cecily a plus you know crushed that role then this is actually a recurring sketch uh too because like they've they've done a mother's day one like this before back when emma thompson hosted that's right and they've done it with other holidays too they've done it at christmas uh i think they did it at thanksgiving as well yeah yeah they did yeah they're right yeah and it's fun it's a it's a familiar formula but like it works every time yeah the juxtaposition of like the 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 nice you know touching moments with the chaotic screaming and yelling and bad decisions and all that stuff i I like that they took it one step further with the david bowie thing and the grandma like that was a clever take on that as well and again not to to overestimate or over communicate about the importance of snl on a culture but it is good again as a parent to say it's a good reminder i watched that and thought "Ah, i probably should not do that and i do do hang out with my friends that have kids and sometimes they will be they'll they'll vent to me yep and they'll just say i just can't believe and i'm like I I was with you when we drunk drove at sixteen. Like, don't tell me that we were a hundred times worse. You right? caught them with a beer. Like, <laughs> like how not self aware are you right now? You and know? then they told you about it because yeah. they felt guilty. Yep. And like, they are so much better better than we than were. We were. <laughs> right. One th- and I and I was like, are you ever? Sometimes I will ask. Uh, like my friend Zach, we had a pretty wild childhood, and I'll say, are you ever going to tell? you know, your daughter about so-and-so and he, Oh God, no. Why would I ever do that? Like, no, I'm not like, Oh, I, I don't know how parenting works. Like, do you, are you honest with your kids about like this stuff? Probably not. You can't be. Yeah. It, it is it, at a certain age. Yeah. I mean, I know that, you know, my mom smoked marijuana now, but she, she uh, denied she it up until like, last week, <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right. Moving on. Chain gang written by Dan Bulla, Brian Tucker, prisoners in a chain gang, Benedict Cumberbatch, Keenan Thompson, Chris Red, James Austin Johnson, find out unexpected information about a fellow prisoner, and Ben Conowitz had a massive crush on Heidi Gardner in a sundress. Let's, uh, yes, she, she, listen, I'm allowed to think that people are pretty. <laughs> no, this, uh, the, the execution of the sketch oh, great. was so good. So l- this is the first time I'll mention it. It won't be the last time. Uh, Benedict uh, was so good. In so many sketches, perfect like yeah. this, yep. where you would expect him and to play such a good variety of characters yes. too. I really yes. figured he would, you know, you you screw up the cue cards, you 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 you're not on, you're you're you miss your mark. But, but he was in every sketch, there was and he, he did a great job. There was even a moment I don't remember which sketch it was where it seemed like he could have 
almost flubbed a line, but he recovered so smoothly that like he knew how to say the lines. So it, it was in the fa- it was in the fainting sketch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He he goes oh because he like realized that he wasn't doing it right, but then he jumped right back into character. And if you've ever checked out his background or anything, you know that Benedict Cumberbatch has a significant and and really storied career in theater and comes from a theater family, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if some of that also helps, you know, when oh, you're... Oh, it has to. Oh, for sure. When you forget a line, obviously... Good Lord. You know, but you know, this is a great representation of you've got to be on beat, yep. on key, on time, everything's got to be right here, and he didn't—he didn't miss it. And a, singing a, a song, moment. right? You're, they're singing a song with a cadence, a cadence with a, yep. you know, which can't be easy because again, these this sketch was only thought of this week, and it was only written probably on Wednesday. But and also, it was only, you know, pick, so picking up the drink and drinking it and setting it down at the right place, eating the pie and sitting back down. There was people a choreography, really right? underestimate choreography. how hard that part yeah. is when you're also trying to like jump back in a song. Snitching to the ward. Wow. You know, it's just so... You know, I, I was just... it was that This sketch was actually more impressive than it was funny. It was just impressive to me that they were able to get all that done. And they did done. the thing that I think we all love, where they pull back from the uh, scene. I love that. Uh, yeah. I always love it because... To see the set it, piece. It shows the set piece, yeah. which was, an, I think, a very... I also really enjoyed that they took it to another level with the kind of cuckolding thing with yep. Alex yeah. Moffitt. I did not expect that to happen at all. That was, yeah, really, really well done. All right, moving no on. No notes. Great job, guys. Weekend update. Um, let's, let's get the official weekend update. Was there enough banter and, uh, you know, just sweet looks back and forth and a little bit of whispering what i liked about this one between was that Jay and Joe's what i liked about this one was that there wasn't a lot of uh like banter between each other but they had like they they had a, a frequent amount There's of no metrics of like knowing glances of knowing glances they literally talked to each other this time but but not but not tons and like they they did they had they had that but like yeah, but but what they did a lot though was like laugh at each other and like there were a lot of knowing glances this time too. <laughs> I love it. I hate you. <laughs> I hate what you don't stand for. Uh, you stand for nothing. There was a lot of knowing glances. S- says who? The <laughs> fuck are you talking about right now? <laughs> but you but make it, me so angry sometimes. But, but our listeners think that that Brad, Brad's joking. He's serious. He's, he means it. <laughs> He's, He's not doing it to get her g- give up the ghost because I. Screwed that saying up, Alex Jay. Pappas. Get your goat. Yeah, the only one looking at Chain Joe's for knowing looks of whether they're aff- affectionate with each other or not is. He literally can turn and be like, that's a good joke, right, Colin? And Brad's like, the interplay just wasn't there this weekend. I just felt like maybe something happened during the week and maybe they're <sighs> just not, you know. Yeah, you want to feel that energy. What did you think, Brad, about, not about that, but about Weekend Update, not not the character of Amy Barrett, Coney, Coney. Uh, we'll get to that one, but yeah. Yeah, what did you think of the jokes? First of all, I loved how giddy Che was this week for whatever reason. Like, I he just kept that, chuckling yeah. at the end of his jokes. Like, I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but it was really enjoyable. The joke that stuck out to me the most by far was the cave joke. Guys, it was bad. Oh yeah, it, no, it no. Made if me I was trying, guys, they were bad. It made me laugh so yeah. hard. I don't know why. It came out of nowhere. I was laughing so hard at that joke. Uh, yeah, it, it was. They were bad. And I don't know because again, I've I've been doing a lot of listening to just different SNL podcasts, reading books, and a lot of the cast just know it if an episode's going well, right? They just know it. They, they it's like they know it in their bones. And I, I wonder if Colin just knew it because this episode at this point. I mean, it was hitting, right? It was, I mean, it was yeah. batting a thousand. It was doing really well. It seemed, seemed to be having fun. Well, it was definitely know. lighter. As head writers, they have to yeah. know that, right? Yeah. That 
just, we're, we're giving the people a good episode yeah. right now. Um, not that, again, you don't hope that every episode's good. Sure. But they know but not every it episode's was, good. It was really, really, the jokes were good. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, good luck, cancer. Like, that's a great joke, too. Like, there yeah. are some really good jokes here. And then they had one bit in here, the Justin Amy Coney Barrett on overturning Roe versus Wade. Um, what'd you guys think? Her impression is uh, pretty good, by the way. Amy Coney. Yeah, and this is—it's an impression too, where like it's—it's it's subtle, you know. Like she really has to like do like the work to figure out what her cadence is, like her figure out how to manipulate her voice in a way that she sounds like her. But it's not like a bombastic character. It's not an yep. exaggerated character, you know, in the way that like. Um, I don't know, or like uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro is, you know, or something like that. And so uh, I really like this. You know, this was, uh, I think, a strong bit for, for Kate McKinnon. And, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where you you can't help but, like, make, you know, jokes about something that is just, like, so heinous and terrible. And so, like, they did a good job of doing it with this, making it topical. Um, you know, and it's, it's sometimes it's one of those things where, like, this isn't too far removed from reality for some of these people, but like, it, you know, coming out of someone like Kate McKinnon, she knows how to spin just the right way to make like the satire land. Yeah. No, normally I, I, I'm not a fan of like, okay, this is her, right? This is exactly what she would say. Again, like I, if I wanted to watch this, I would just watch a, a clip from the daily show showing her saying these things. But Kate, I will say that's why she's one of the best that's ever done it. She's yeah. got that little bit that just makes it her own and and makes it like I, I, I to to your point Brad makes it better than it should be. Yeah. yeah she's going to go down as one of the Will Ferrells, the oh. Adam Sandlers of SNL. Kristen Wiig. Yep, yep. You know. Ellen Clayhorn. Yep. <laughs> Punky Johnson. Oh, sad. I know. So yeah, a lot of interaction on weekend update, top notch. Uh love Jost and Shay living it up, laughing, being buddies, bros, weekend update. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Lansdowne House slash The Fainting Couch, written by Brian Tucker. A young man, played by Alex Moffat, delivers some dramatic news to his mother and father, played by Cecily Strong. Not mother and father. And Benedict Cumberbatch. They were sister and brother. Well, this is from SNL's YouTube page. So no, that's wrong. Don't yeah. In the sketch, it's sister. I, I know, but I'm just saying. I just copy. And you it did it. You did it wrong. Yeah. You. What? I, Are you serious? I, it's from SNL. Yeah. yeah. No. I, that's SNL, where I get if, all if, these. Is I just. We know that you're listening, SNL. You got it wrong. Lauren. Lauren. I know you're listening to this right now. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they got the line wrong do in the sketch. Ooh. Do you guys think Lauren uh, updates the YouTube page himself? He does. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. After he answers Michael Chase texts. <laughs> yeah. And whenever he has to hear whatever fucking thing Mike Myers is doing next. This this by the way this um this this sketch was like Monty Python meets SNL meets like it was like a, a weird almost old school SNL yeah you know like um, Benedict Cumberbatch British guy doing an American British accent almost like over the top British accent yeah you know sure um, it was silly I I liked it enough. yeah yep. this was great slapstick comedy yep, exactly. I I laughed so hard. For the second time, when Cecily fell and then kicked Kick, up her leg yep. and, like, and kicked the tray. So I didn't know what where it was going quite yet. Yep. You know, obviously after that, you know what the score is. When she misses the couch for the second time and he he calls it out, like, yeah. you've missed it for the second time or whatever he said. I mean, I laughed hard yep, at yep. that. And you got to, like, it's a good point, uh, Ben, is sometimes you, you have to figure out, like, this is just going to be a slapstick, like, five minute fun doing silly physical comedy 
and then judge it as that, yeah. right? It yeah. wasn't it wasn't supposed to be anything where they're, you know, playing off an old movie or anything. It's just silliness. Yep. And, well, it did have a little bit like they're playing off of like because sure. they did they did do a TCM introduction, but I was surprised they didn't do like a full on yeah. bookend yeah, with Keenan Thompson yeah. with Reese yeah. to what to what. Which is I'm a, glad they didn't though, because this yeah. sketch stood on its own as and far as that. I didn't know fainting couches were real. Like I, I, I know the concept existed. I didn't know that's what they were called, a fainting couch. Yeah, that's what. The, uh, yeah. you didn't, I'm surprised you didn't know. No, that. I, I honestly didn't. Know didn't I learned that right now. Yeah, they were. They were. They were <laughs> that's yeah, a thing. They, they were made for ladies when they were like, oh, I needed somewhere to lie down. How often no, no, was no, that happening? Well, a lot of a lot of time because they didn't have air conditioning. They were wearing these big heavy dresses, oh. and so and and there were fainting rooms. Um, in houses, like this is your favorite. the room. Yeah, the room would just fall off the side of the house. I mean, this is true. They, uh, uh, this is back in the day when they were using like vibrators to treat hysteria. So yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's one of those again sketches where you just have to. Cecily was brilliant. Benedict was brilliant. Yeah. It was just, it was good. I, I thought it was really good. Like the physical comedy. I also and it showed what I, I think Brad said earlier. Benedict did so many different types of him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I also love that Mikey Day absolutely really got soup in his eyes. And yeah. was at the end of the sketch was like, oh, this sucks. I got to get through this. It was so funny. Sorry, Mikey. You were you were great. I I think Mikey's a pretty regular listener. I don't know if he's listened to every episode. Probably not every episode, but he's he's listening. We're coming back from break. I'm sure he's going. Moffat is, dude. Alex, turn it off. You know, quit quit putting it on repeat. All when right. You're, when you're going to bed. Next was a pre-tape. The recline slash new toilet, which is a recurring thing. They did this last time. Benedict Cumberbatch was. They on. did. Uh, oh, they did. By Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. A commercial advertises the world's first reclining toilet. I did do some background. Last time Benedict was on, the people playing in the sketch, this was in 2016. Um, they parodied the Apple 1984 commercial. Yeah, but it was the cold toilet. Yeah, and you it was a toilet that you could sit backwards on where it made you look cool as you were sitting on the toilet. And it had, this gives me much more context for this sketch. Yeah, then. It had Vanessa Barron, Mikey Day, Alex Moffat, Cecily Strong, and um, Melissa Vissignor. I no. will give you... Yeah. The, the I will give the the prop department credit. This it looked awesome. The, yeah, the, 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 the first one did too. Yeah. The first one legit looked like that Apple commercial, it's and so they even cool. they even put Mikey Day in the same kind of role because in the the Apple parody commercial, he's playing the guy who's talking on the screen. Sure, and then in this one, he's and the Cecil, the headmaster. Cecily's the same announcer that from both of them. So yeah. they they actually do have some. Uh, it, what what I love about this one is we we have complained significantly about sometimes sketches going too long sure. or jokes just minute fifty two. That's all, all it was, right? And it was it, it, that's the sweet spot for this. It hit for a second, I thought you were going to be like, we've complained endlessly about not having a toilet that doesn't recline, <laughs> and this show made it a reality. Finally, <laughs> when I don't the, even think it's funny. I think, it's I think yeah. this is a great this idea. Is innovating when the when the footrest comes up, I laughed. When the tank reclined, yeah. I laughed. Like, that was such a fun thing. Yeah, really, really good. I didn't realize that, uh, first of all, Benedict Cumberbatch's voice can get that gravelly and gravity no, toss filled. He can then, do so much with his voice. It's he, crazy. He can then, we, we'll know later, he can go super high, too. Yeah, his this voice is Don't spoil crazy. it. Well, Jesus. Like, like bad cheese, I'm going to spoil it. No, that's what I'm saying is, like, there's just something about him that he's just so stupidly talented and he. Just seems so nice. Yeah, yep. he's, he's versatile and he's, yeah. he's great. I I want to see him do. I wish he would be able to do more comedies. I'm sure, sure he's not getting offered them because they're not making them as often anymore. But like, he had a bit part in uh, Zoolander two, um, and let's get Oscar Isaac 
and Benedict Cumberbatch oh. to kiss in a comedy. <laughs> Let's have them do a romantic comedy. A buddy comedy. I'm, I'm, you know what? A buddy police cop comedy love story. Romantic comedy, yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, you're right, though. It, it, they would be great. And again, uh, I, I wish they would because he has so much like legitimate comedy chops. Like, I mean, he's so funny. Um, and I don't know if it's just, again, because he's been so classically true. Miranda Wrongs. Nope. All right, moving on. Chuck E. Cheese. That would be the name. Billy Domino. See, here's the thing: is I say it Billy Domino, but it's it's got an E A U, so it's it's probably Romanian, and I should know that. Uh, Brian Tucker, Bowen Yang writ, that wrote this. A live band gives an unexpected performance at a children's pizza place. Um, Chuck E. Cheese, Charles. What Charles is Entertainment Cheese, which is his <laughs> real name. Is it really? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that song was a banger. I <laughs> I loved it. Benedict Cumberbatch, my word, dude, you are talented. He nailed it. I mean, crushed it. it. Crushed Bowen it. Bowen was hilarious. Um, so I, I, I will say, I watched this sketch the first time, and I, I wasn't blown away. I watched it again today. Do it again. Yeah. Holy crap. It is. It's yeah. Awesome. It's so good. It is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. The first time, because there's so much. It's stuff so. Going there's on. a lot going on. Uh, the first time I watched it, the highlight was Alex Moffat dancing. I think it's for him. That was a really funny part. Yeah. The second time, it's Benedict Cumberbatch's voice going up so high and, and his interaction with Bone Yang. Incredible. Yeah, and you'll pick up some of the, the lines that yeah. they have in there, too, yep. that they wrote in there. Children and children of the mind. Uh, yeah. It's just so good. Good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Very, very talented. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a fun sketch. The style of the music was like so good too, because it was reminiscent of like eighties duos, you know, like these like oh, yeah. s- synth oh, yeah. rock kind of stuff, you know, like Depeche Mode, and yep. like I honestly wondered if there was a little bit of like influence from uh, Sparks, um, which is like I, I don't Bubba know. Sparks, yeah, Bubba Sparks. You fucking idiot. Don't ever mention Bubba Sparks in my presence again. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just thinking about his fucking name whoa, and the fact whoa, that he looks whoa. like redneck you're, you're, lead you're singer a, of Smash Mouth whoa. and then he spells his name with, what is it, three three X's? There's yeah. a lot of cussing Fuck right now. Bubba Easy. Sparks. Easy. Whoa. Don't do it. Bubba Sparks, Bubba Sparks killed my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a Who knew that that would be the triggering moment? Is that moment the trigger for Brad, for Brad Omen? Bubba is Sparks. Bubba Sparks? Listen to how stupid the Name sound. Does that also Jesus. have? Is that one of those two that has like two X's at the end? It's three. three. three it's X's. three. And why wouldn't it be? Stupid piece of Tri- shit. Triple X. I need. You know what? I'm gonna give you a hug after this. I am. Me too. Group hug. I mean, we always um, group hug after the. I'm podcast, sorry, right? man. That I brought up Bubba Sparks. <laughs> so yes, reflection denied. But no, Sparks. Um, if you haven't seen it, you should watch. The, there's a documentary called The Sparks Brothers. It's on Netflix. Edgar Wright directed it, and it's okay. about this uh, pop rock duo. They've been around for like 50 years, and oh, the, it's like a real thing. Yeah, and they've constantly reinvented like their style and and sound, and like there's. Um, you've probably heard like, some of their stuff, but like they're they're a band that's like respected by tons of musicians and people love them. But like you may have never heard of them, but like they're they're like very well respected and loved by like you know certain like music yeah. music files. Is there audio files? Is that what they're audio files? But yeah, it's uh you you should watch the documentary and have, and you I think when you do you'll see that this might have been influenced. One more time, by them. what's it called again? The, the documentary is called The Sparks Brothers, but the band is called Sparks, and that's kind of, the that's title is kind cra- of a, a I mean, cheeky reference to. It's crazy because I'm I, everything you just said right there. Like they reinvented themselves so many times, they're so respected, and I've literally never heard of them. Yeah, but I'm not saying that that's no, a no, bad that, thing. That, no, that, it's that's crazy. That's literally that how like they marketed the movie though. It's like the you know the 
the band that the band you love, you know, loves. And like, so right. like, it's, that's it, a really cool documentary too. And like you, uh, I've listened to like their music since then because you hear their songs and they that's did some really cool stuff. Cool. Are they still play like the music they're still creating now? Yeah. Does it sound like it belongs in the eighties? Um, sometimes like they, they, they've done so much different, like kind of stuff. Like there is, there is kind of a common, uh, 80s-esque thread that runs runs through them but they've also been making music since like the the late 60s early 70s you know yeah so, like L- listeners check sparks out on wikipedia some of the best pictures oh of, yeah like i mean they're just interesting characters uh, yeah. this is not really saturday night live related so we could cut this but i want to i never make, cut things it's making me think of this um a person like danny elfman yeah who has gone from being pop punk, whatever it was, superstardom. Boingo, boingo. You know, back in the 80s. I'm not even going to say he's reinvented himself because he's just he's just grown as an artist throughout. And, like, he just did the music for Doctor Strange. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the new one. It's the brand new one, right? So you got a guy from the 80s who's super popular and has still found a way to make incredible music and genre-defining things. And he also just performed at Coachella. Yes, That's, he did. Right, so like th- there are artists from the eighties that aren't all just like, oh well, he's stuck in the. That's the one brand that it they always, know how to do. It always, again, it, not to say way too far. It always gets though. It always makes me laugh when bands are like they release new music and people are like it just doesn't sound like it anymore. Right. Well, like of course it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it really shouldn't, you know, because if I'm listening, if I if I wanted to hear the well, Offspring, I would listen to the Offspring. Yeah, but I don't know. I I disagree with that on some level though because like. Uh, and this is not SNL related, but like it's it, this can tie to comedy because sometimes similar things happen with comedy too. Though, is you want comedians to do like the same thing, yep. or like you know, like if Chris Farley were alive today, would he still be trying to do Tommy Boy again? You know, you have to wonder, or would he have taken a turn like Jim Carrey and done something more serious, or like Adam Sandler, and like would would Chris Farley have done an Uncut Gems or you know, yep. uh, an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? But like uh, the most recent example that I thought of is there's this band that I really like called Fits in the Tantrums. Uh, and they came out with their first album back in, I want to say it was like uh, the late 2000s, early 2010. And their sound is like this old school, almost like uh, 50s nightclub kind of like like vibe where like they... Um, they, the, the the microphone has like a sound like they're doing it like on an old school microphone you know and the the instruments they use and everything it's modern but with a, a vintage style to it and they carried that over into their second album and I really like the sound they created but since then they're the two or three albums that they've released has like it departed from that style and now they sound like every other imagined dragons whatever the fuck band is on the radio and it really frustrates me because they had such a unique sound to start off with and now it's just turned into like i I listened to one of their albums that i had never heard and like none of the songs stood out to me i'm sitting here i'm I'm like this is just background noise uh, again we're way off but our listeners probably love us anyway um let me bring it back to SNL um, because Arcade Fire was on this week. Yeah, right? Arcade Fire, massive fan I am, um, and so he's a Yoda. Um, I know. Okay, <laughs> I'm like I'm not, I was getting like Dr. Susie, um, but uh, they have evolved significantly. Right, Laugh, from their, I have from their from their first albums. This latest album goes back to an album really from a couple albums ago, but it's okay, right? They, yeah, they they played a lot with the electronic stuff. All of the albums are good. It sounds like fits and tantrums. This new album, it's not the problem isn't the evolution. It just sucks. Yeah. I mean, right? So. It's so, a little of both, though. So yeah. bring it all the way back to SNL, do we have an example of somebody who started off on SNL with a certain brand of humor yep. that has then evolved and is still very, very I funny? Do. Robert Downey Jr. 
<laughs> let's let's admit here that Mike Myers is doing the same stuff that he's kind of always done, and and to to, to diminishing returns now. Yeah, yeah. And, and we all agreed this new thing that he did at Netflix isn't great. Right. So the idea is, you know, had, did Will Ferrell really grow from SNL and get more nuanced? He was kind of he's kind of the same guy. Uh, I mean, as a performer, he grew because he's done some like pretty Eurovision, s- and and that was a that was a different weird. No, thing. And, and no, the, I'm talking about more like Stranger Than Fiction. Sure, everything must go. Sure, um, you know, the show he has with uh, Paul Rudd is a, a significant. Yeah, like, I haven't watched that yet. Okay, uh, people love it. And they say it's really good. The and therapist is that yeah, what it's called? You know, something like that. It's about therapy. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis is a good example mm-hmm. of like he he can do something further. different. Adam Sandler, right? Very sure. diverse. Yeah. Absolutely. You could tell the thing he loves to make most is any project with his best friend. Sure. Right. Bill um, Murray. So you've got guys that have grown, and you know, uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey have a, a very distinct style, but that style was was funny on SNL and it's funny now. Yeah. But Tina Fey has done, you know, a Whiskey Tango, Tango Foxtrot was kind of a take on things and, you know, uh, not everything was Baby Mama, you know? Yeah. 30 Rock obviously was incredible. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think that there are versions of of these SNL alum that, that are, are doing it I'm not even going to say the right way, but just growing as an artist. And I think maybe Adam Sandler is the best example of that because clearly the same humor that was in Billy Madison is in Grown Ups in a lot of ways. But he's also able to get away and do Punch Drunk Love, uh, Spanglish, uh, Uncut Gems, yeah, things like that. And doing brilliant in there. But yeah. also makes Hubie Halloween, right. which is the same humor exactly. as Billy Madison. Right? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, and, and I guess music's a little different, but like it is, like you said, there, there are evolutions of actors sure. and um but anyway i don't even yeah. know where we're nice at. little tangent there all right moving on pre-tape the understudy written by mike desenzo jake norwin and ben silva chloe Feynman talks about being a full-time understudy for saturday night live um i know ben has a problem with chloe Feynman. Um, <laughs> uh and i understand why uh but i'm i'm telling you i loved this, this was sketch. incredible this was amazing this, was this is this is the kind of sketch that will get her an emmy oh so good. It was, it was un- unbelievable. Yeah. Because so and, and it goes from like from her doing obvious impressions where it's like caricatures where like like Cecily Strong and Kate McKinnon have a very specific way that they speak and yep. they're like uh so you can see how she could easily imitate them. But like then she goes and does someone like her Elizabeth Olsen impression. Good was Lord. Crazy. I didn't even know I didn't know you could do what? an yeah, Elizabeth Olsen. Exactly. I'm telling you, watch this like or or play the sketch when you're Close not your watching it. Yeah. yeah. Close your eyes. It's so good. It's creepy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And then also Eddie Bryant Bryant I love the Heidi, honestly, like, ha, ha, ha. but yeah, I, but it was hilarious. The fact it's like not the best one you've done, but moving on, like, because yeah. she clearly there, can't and really do the uh, ego, and the ego one. Ego yeah. Yo, that was even pass, better. And I thank you for that. Yeah, that, <laughs> I was I hoping mean, they were going to have her do like Kyle Mooney or like something I, I like actually that. was yeah. hoping for that too. But this is so yeah, good. She was so funny, just just yeah. perfect. It's just a, a perfect sketch. It, it, and I even like the setup for it. Right, the idea that. You know, before uh, old cast members have talked about, um, you know, there were some cast members that literally left the show because Lauren wouldn't let him make a movie. Right. right? Um, 
hey, I'm going to be three episodes late to the season because the shooting got delayed. And Lauren was pretty like, no. I wonder right? if that was a concentrated effort to say sick because of because it's a COVID joke more yeah. than it is a Pete Davids is leaving to go make a movie type thing. They they were very pointed about saying sick. Yep. And I wonder if that was a, a choice by somebody other than the writers. But it was the premise, though, the idea that you'd have an understudy, right? Well, sure. Because it, I, it, it worked. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting connection Cause, there because they don't in my head i think that lauren looks at that and goes well i don't want people to i don't want to be known as the guy that's now changed and letting people do movies From so now let's is, make it about no he sick. acknowledges it's a, yeah it's okay. a he's openly shift. talked about yeah, it. Yeah. i think it's a policy Fuck me, man. no uh, and that's why they can ha- that's why they have the bigger cast right yeah. is we're okay because we want to keep cecily on we want to keep uh you know uh, well, and, all and these people on that are really good lauren michael's credit he has it, talking about evolving. You have to evolve to stay on the top of your game. Yeah, the show is still relevant because yep. he's he's has the stewardship at almost eighty years old to make those decisions. Yeah, uh, I think and make was, the correct decisions. It was John Lovitz in a recent podcast that talked about essentially I what I he wanted to say an extra season, but he also had a couple movies at the time, and he said, "Listen, I, I want to stay." Give me some time though to finish this movie, and I will come back. And you know, and and Lauren said no. Um, yeah. And so uh, you know, and again, John Lovitz isn't maybe somebody that he's not Pete of, Davidson, but um, but he was at the time pretty popular. I sure, him. I love John Lovitz. Oh God, no, I'm just joking around. I love John Lovitz. I love so, it. I love it's John. Uh, I thought this was a brilliant, brilliant oh. sketch. Um, how like how said, do we could be nominated for an clone? Emmy. How do we clone this and just have these be the pre date Like just Punky Johnson, <laughs> yo bitch, I'm Chloe Feinberg. Yeah, Feinberg. It just, <laughs> it just right. made me laugh. It was really funny. It was yeah. It was almost like Tracy Morgan is. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like it was just so good. Um, good yeah, for Punky to have. I think that laugh gave was one of the best laughs of the night for me. So I just loved it. Um, so that's it. That's it, guys. That's the whole episode. There were no um, anything that was pre-recorded that didn't get released. None, none of that. Well, yeah, we, there were no cut for times that have been released as of the recording of this podcast. Yeah. Usually um, they're updated by now, yeah. but we've not seen anything. Um, the big hitters of the night, Mikey Day had seven sketches on. Um, Cecily Strong had five. Um, that doesn't mean that they win the MVP, obviously, but th- those are... They worked hard that you know this week, obviously on all their stuff. Let's go favorite sketch. Uh, Blue bunny ice cream. Really? Yep. And the only reason that I give it that is because it wasn't a pre-tape. The pre-tape, the the understudy is a better sketch, but the the high wire act of doing it live gives the blue bunny sketch the the nod for me because I really laughed. I was just how much did I laugh? I laughed incredibly hard at their interaction. So I'm giving it to that one. Would you say, guys, there wasn't a bad sketch in this episode? There was not a, I don't think yeah, it was a, a bad sketch. Yeah, not a bad sketch, no. There was, there was not a sketch say, that I was just like, ugh. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say immediate. I think every episode was good or great in this. Like, I think everyone I think was pretty good. If I had to give a C-plus to any of the sketches, it's probably the, the, the sign sketch. sketch. Yeah. The what? The, the signs. The, the mom's oh, yep, signs. Yep. Other than that, everything was at least a solid B or better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my favorite sketch is, I think, the Chuck E. Cheese sketch. I just love the interplay uh, with Bennett Cumberbatch and Bone Yang. The song was great. Uh, that cutaway with Alex Moffat dancing, and it was just, <laughs> it was just good. How about, how and about, again, this song is so good. Yeah. Aristotle is coming in. Oh, poor Aristotle had to come in, yeah, in that outfit and just dance and say nothing. With, with a big old wang. Yeah. <laughs> he had a big old wiener. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he's, he's packing more than, uh, more than a sausage down there. You no, know because that's a, usually the first thing I go to. I really do. I, I saw like Heidegardner, and then, but now. That's you know, all Aristotle. Aristotle. Oh, yeah. 
That's Aristotle. Uh, I'm. I was gonna give it to the understudy, uh, even though Ben, you know, essentially negated all the reasons that I should be able. Yeah, to it was. It, it was close. I almost did that. Um, one, but I, I just. I thought also it was good to see Chloe Feynman actually get back to some of the things that because oftentimes, just like in the Mother's Day sketch, she's used as kind of the young cast. Yeah, like, sure. That she, can play and she high hasn't. School. She hasn't really been able to yep. showcase a lot of her impressions nope. lately. But she's a great impressionist. Yep. And and that's where she really does well. I yeah. Hope, I hope they figure out some more to do in that realm. Who wrote, who wrote that sketch? The, um, it wasn't Chloe Feynman. It was right? not. Mike so Desenzo, Jake Norwin, and Ben Silver. I think it's hilarious that they probably are like talking about it in the room. And like, so we've got an understudy character who's a female impressionist that can do all of the cast members. And Melissa is getting all excited. And they're like, Chloe, we'd really like it for you. <laughs> Well, and that was the fun Melissa thing. Is her doing Melissa, uh, because Melissa's such a great impressionist yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, um, and, and no, I, the sketch was great. It was just, I'm just blowing smoke, guys. Just having a little fun. Just right, joshing around. MVP of the episode? I'm going to give it to Cecily Strong. She was incredible in the pratfall, like whatever, uh, fainting couch sketch. Uh, she was awesome as the carrot <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, she's the mom with the hemp, ta- the weed, uh, weed tattoo. She's uh, Margaret in the cold open. In, in the, the cold open. She yeah. was in everything, and she was she was strong in everything. Absolutely strong. In Cecily everything. Strong. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. About Cecily Strong, see, <laughs> I uh, but so I would close second was uh, Chloe Feynman actually I, because of the understudy, but then also she did she was in everything else too. Like I really she liked in a her. couple of things. Yeah. What's interesting though is because I know your favorite was Blue Bunny, but I, oh. I don't think um, Cecily was in Blue no. Bunny though, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. She, yeah. And I mean, it was. I will say I was very very close to just saying Benedict Cumberbatch because he was incredible. But uh, was Cecily really? Did a great job. Yeah, and we already knew Benedict was great. Yeah. You know, so like, it was. Yeah, I, I would say Benedict, but I didn't say it because of again. Yeah. he was just so good. Can I ask better better host, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac or Benedict? Benedict. Benedict. You think I, so? I, yeah. I, I I honestly think he is. He has better comedic. Timing. He could be Tom Tom Hanks esh, and if they brought him back every season, I wouldn't be mad. Or, so, or Tom Brady esque. I still think thirty seven million dollars. I still think. That uh, Oscar Isaac's character work was funnier. Oh yeah, but Benedict Cumberbatch's character work was more diverse and also more consistent. Yeah, and and again, the, that's continue to harp on this, but the, I think his theater background, all these yeah. things, he was just a great yeah. performer. Yep. Um, not to say I, Oscar Isaac wasn't, because he was he would be a one B. I haven't me, right? seen a perf- I haven't seen a host in quite a while where it really didn't even look like they were reading the cue cards at all. Did you see the Kim Kardashian episode? <laughs> is it is it is it um yeah, you know what? That was a Kim Kardashian. Uh that's how geez. bad that performance was. Good lord. Is it often where the host is in the cold open? No, I honestly no, couldn't remember the last time that it did happen. Rare. That's what I'm saying. So what I loved about this is Benedict Cumberbatch was also having so much fun. Like, yeah. I, I love it. And Oscar Isaac did as well. I love it when hosts come on and, you know, they just love it. Um, and they could probably just live in that world as well. And they're good at it. Yeah, and they're good at it. So. Yeah, that's he good. did say that his two favorite words were arcade fire. And that... Uh, if you take that out of context, it's a really weird thing to say, but it was a band, so it's cool. Huh. All right, that's what when he was introducing Arcade Fire, he said, huh. "My two favorite yeah. words, well, Arcade he's Fire." Such a big fan for Arcade Fire, I know, Fire, but yeah. like, take it out of context. It's huh. weird. It's weird. Okay, you know what? Cut that, Nate. Huh. Nope, that's a dumb joke, Stain. And Damn it. Uh, uh, Bradford, what did you think? What was your favorite? 
You mean the MVP? Yeah, MVP. yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree honestly with everything that Ben said. I was, uh, yeah, I definitely would give it to Cecily Strong just because she had such a big presence throughout and was great in throughout the entire ting ting throughout the entire ting. <laughs> um, but yeah, Chloe Feynman definitely like she was so good in that one sketch and like and still good, you know, in the bit parts uh, throughout the rest of the evening that like she was a close second. Agreed. Um, uh, kudos to some really good performances. Bowen you did well, I thought, in the Chuck E. Cheese sketch. Like, he just always performs well when he gets a chance. Um, uh, but Cecily just was, I think, other than Benedict, Cecily was just, I think, otherworldly. She did so well. She had all of her marks. She was on it. Her jokes were well-placed, well-executed. Uh, not only just in her, you know, um, uh, comedy you know and, and the things she said the physical comedy was brilliant as well so kudos to her i yeah. give her the mvp as well yep yep so and agreed she, and she did a lot she was in five sketches which is quite a bit for any cast member uh more than punky johnson did more than kyle mooney did <laughs> more like where's kyle mooney by the way? yeah i don't know he was, he was there. in the chain gang sketch but he wasn't around anywhere else <laughs> he was he, like, he wasn't there. I mean, maybe he was in a sketch. I said he wasn't there. Pete he's, Davidson wasn't there. Pete, he's actually not there. I yeah. know. No, that is weird. Kyle Mooney was. Kyle Mooney is. Uh, do you think he, he's suffering without some of his close friends there? I think he's missing Beck. I yeah. think I think that he had, were, Beck, were, Beck were was they a good partners too. Or? Yeah. Well, they've been they've been together since they used to have their own comedy group called Good Neighbor, and so they got brought in SNL together, and so they, yeah, like that was his like bud, and like so that's why they did so much stuff together is because they've been friends for a long time, and so I'm sure he without having the, that him to bounce ideas off and to work together that like it's not landing as much. There's been other cast members that have talked about coming in with other you know people, friends, writing partners, and staying one year longer and regretting it because you know the the magic is the people that you come in with that yeah. you know that you've been in the trenches with for so long and i wonder if that's going to be the same with kyle i don't know if kyle's leaving after this season it wouldn't shock me though because yeah. of you know again and i think kyle's gonna do fine i think kyle's got you know i mean he he's obviously he's done a movie that got well rated i don't know if a lot of people saw it but um, yeah i mean it was pretty small like yeah. indie, 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 but, but huge... people did like it that yes. saw it um and if you haven't seen it it is great it's called brigsby bear you should it, seek it out oh my god it. it's, it's so, good. so good so I, I just think there's something there that he could do um and if nothing else writing so um next week what do we have uh brad uh selena gomez is going to be hosting saturday night live uh, Will we see cameo? That's the. That's I feel. The I feel like you it would be to, right? the the missed opportunity of the year if you don't have Steve Martin and Martin Short come back at least to, just for a monologue stop in or something. And I'm gonna love every mm. yeah, millisecond of it. Yeah, I'm they just, they have to. Know. They have to. If they don't, you know, then, real missed opportunity. Yeah, then go to hell, SNL. <laughs> <laughs> and how many episodes do we have left? Maybe two. Probably or two or more after this. Yeah, I would say they'll probably do two more. Um, who Bill Hader. I hope. He's gonna do. They have this. not announced the last one, have they? No. No. I hope that he is gonna do the season finale. Finale, and they have had a previous cast member pretty consistently close out the year. So, Vanessa Bayer. The only other person I can That's see. The, the other one is Vanessa. I Kutt. would love to see that. That would be fun, and she does have a sh new show on Showtime right yeah, now. Yeah, have you guys watched it? Or I no? haven't. Hap. The trailer was funny though. I um, but I I do wonder if maybe though instead of going with a former cast member if they'll go for star power because Chris Pratt has Jurassic World Dominion uh, on the way and I feel like that would Selena be... Gomez, Chris Pratt Bill Hader. Maybe but uh, yeah cause especially because uh, Jurassic World Dominion is also a universal movie and yeah. the NBC Universal Synergy uh, is always Synergy. pretty good for them that's fair. Who else is I wouldn't mind Jurassic that. World that they can maybe get. Bryce Dallas Howard. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum would be oh, a lot of fun. Oh that would be incredible 
Sam Neal. Give it to Sam. Sam Neal's fun. <laughs> so we will be back, though. Obviously, next week we got a new episode. We've got some other, couple more episodes for this season, and we'll figure out what we'll do this summer yet. We're not sure, but we won't uh, hopefully be too long. Oh, real quick, before again. you guys hang up on us, uh, like and subscribe. You could you well, could do we that. We didn't do our last stuff yet. You no. could do that. No, I, I try to catch people before they're leaving this time. Oh yeah, they've stopped listening a lot yeah. of times. Yeah, please do like and subscribe. You know, five stars if you please. Share something. Yeah, you, like you know somebody that watches SNL, be like, hey, you got a great podcast. It's actually right? pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it's like the, it's better than the Dana Carvey uh, David Spade it's podcast. It's not. It's not. It's, really it's not. not at all. But if no. we but if we had access to the people that he did, I'll bet you we could give him a run for his money. No, nope. it's the best podcast. I love it nope. so much. Is he doing church lady impressions on the podcast? Yes, he does. God damn it! Then okay, <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's so good. But um, is he doing head wound Harry? Yeah, see, that's the thing. They do talk about it. Do they really? Yep. Oh, now I'm in. Now I gotta listen. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I, I've been obsessed with it. I've been catching up because, you know, they've done probably 15 episodes. I've been catching up. Uh, I did know John Lovitz was so subdued in his interview, than the, you know, because I expect the John Lovitz that you, you know, hear and see and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that was a fun episode. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that they bring on so far in their podcast, as I'm talking about another podcast, um, is guys that they came up with sure right and absolutely. so hearing their stories as the three of us love we love snl not just for the sketches we love snl as the institution the behind yeah. the scenes the um, writing the late so, nights the, the, uh, the to hear gossip, that stuff all of it. the gossip the the inner fighting really yeah. i mean the the feuding between people the the fear the what it feels like to not get a sketch on for three or four or five weeks you know um it's just it's just fascinating. So I, I definitely recommend uh, after you listen to this up uh, our podcast, go listen to theirs. Yeah, or just listen to theirs. So they're they're way better. <laughs> yeah, stop listening. Here, yeah, just you know. just give up. If you All have right. a limited amount of time for your podcast, we get it. Yeah, <laughs> Brady, we're not gonna hurt our feelings. Brady, you got you got like seven podcasts. Where can people find you? Uh, just uh, check me out on slashfilm.com. Uh, you know, I do stuff over there, slashfilm daily, a couple times a week maybe. At Ethan underscore Anderton on the Twitter. And uh, yeah, check out my junk. Oh, I usually Instagram. ask you too, and I think it's important for our people to get cultured. Give them a movie for him to go see. Oh, gosh! <laughs> or they can rent or, or it. don't. I guess whatever. No, you usually give a good recommendation. Some that's. Are you going to say Doctor Strange because it's so good? No, people already know that they can go see that. <laughs> Everyone already saw it. I <laughs> uh, tell you what, go seek out um, Albert Brooks's uh, earlier movies, like uh, Defending Your Life and so and Real Life. Okay. Um, there's a life theme there, uh, but uh, Real Life especially is a prescient and super clever satire. It's like a mockumentary before mockumentaries were popular, even awesome. be- even before this is Spinal Tap, and it follows him trying to make a movie that is basically a reality show documentary about a normal midwestern family and charles groden plays the dad uh it is it's it's hilarious uh charles it's clever and okay, it's just, yeah it's, it's, it's supremely underrated okay is he charles groden is, is gonna be fantastic. really weird is he still living he is not he's he not passed he passed away okay charles Gro- midnight run with robert de niro is some of the best wasn't he also buddy, in buddy cop, you know whatever yeah, he's the dad in beethoven yeah <laughs> It's some. He's the driest comedian you'll ever see, and it's worth your time to watch. Anything Albert Brooks does, anything Charles Gordon does, it, it's so worth your time. I love Clifford, the movie where Martin Short <laughs> plays a twelve-year-old boy. Yep, yep. It is demented and stupid, <laughs> and Charles Grodin, when he starts losing it, it is 
it is hilarious and martin short is like even just hilarious i i literally love that movie it got so many bad reviews and some people don't get it i think it's so funny i also think that how could you possibly co-star with charles groden and not break every second of the day with his deadpan delivery i even think the opposite though how you watch martin short doing the shit that he's doing in clifford like it's it's amazing like uh, you know what i I think that's it's time for a rewatch you oh, you really should. Oh, Charles Grodin just died last year. Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah, he was decently older. He was. Yeah, he's eighty six. Yeah, yeah. So he was. He was. He was. He had been in something fairly recently at that point too. I forget what it was. He he played somebody's father. Like a, 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 uh, it was a comedy, I think too. Well, really. he was in um, in two thousand sixteen. He was in uh, uh, the comedian, uncut gems. the comedian with Robert De Niro. Um, he was in The Private Life of... Walter Mitty? The Private Life of a Modern <laughs> Woman, uh, While We're Young, The Humbling... While We're Young, that's what it was. And yeah, then, we did it. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, he was still acting really up until about 2017. He ended up passing a bone marrow cancer, so... Sadly. Oh, and we can't really talk about him anymore, but he was in an episode of Louie. So, thanks for ruining that, Louis C.K. So, anyway... Uh, Emmy winner... For best comedy album, twenty twenty two. Hey Benjamin, fucking weirdo. Where can people find you? Not listening to that trash. Yeah, tell them. Ben. Anyway, uh, people can find me uh, losing weight, guys. Jeez, uh, is the podcast is so over? I'm under, I'm under, so under three hundred pounds really for the proud. first time in I'm five not, years. I'm not lying. But I'm your really ego weighs you. more. Oh yeah, it's heavy. I'm really proud of you, buddy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Right, Where can job. people find you, Nate? Uh, I'm online uh, on the Twitter and everything. Nate Lauks, uh, you can find me on there and you know, hang out with us online and see me give all my hot takes on nothing really. I got, no, <laughs> I got no strong opinions of anything. Uh, but hey, do like this podcast. Keep listening. Share it. It really means a lot to us. We we love hearing that people are listening um, and enjoying it because uh, again, that's why we we do it. We love. Being together with our, our dear friends here, but we love uh, sharing this stuff with you. Live, so, love, and laugh, guys. Yep. Put it on a sign. Put it on a sign. Let's be done. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Bye-bye.